Hey, on this week's episode of Six Pack Cinema, we got a special treat for y'all. We are doing a throwback review of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and we brought back our old co-host, Jimmy, to give his takes. Let's get into it, guys. Okay, now we're live. There's a <laughs> now Let's try that again. How are you guys doing? You guys have a good Thanksgiving? Fantastic. Good enough, yeah. Thanksgiving's fun. Yeah. All right. Painted a lot. We already talked well, about that. Yes, yes, you did. Mm-hmm. But let's just hop into our snap impressions then. Sheehan, what do you got for us this week? Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is one of my all-time rewatchable movies. I watch it every Thanksgiving. I watch it with glee. It reminds me of me and my dad when I was like seven years old. He, he let me watch it for the first time. Probably too young, but I'll never forget it. Uh, this is... A 10 out of 10 popcorns that we had that. I love it. All right. Jimmy, what about you? This was my first time uh, actually seeing the movie. I've seen bits and pieces. I've definitely seen scenes, and I knew, like, the whole premise and everything, but I never sat down and watched the whole thing before. And I'm really glad I did. And uh, my, my main takeaway is that John Hughes has rewritten history for the way our generation will see the 80s. Like, the 80s is just a John Hughes movie in my mind. <laughs> All right. Very valid. That's a lot of power that that dude yeah. has. Yeah. And no one's contesting that either. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, no, I, I just laughed and agreed, so. Yeah. <laughs> He's got me, too. Um, no, I, I've seen the movie a few times. I hadn't watched it in years, though. I, I loved it. Although I will say, because this is the first time I ever watched it, with more of a critical eye than normally instead of just enjoying it. A lot of the humor wouldn't fly nowadays. And this might sound problematic, but I mi- like I miss this type of humor in comedy and movies. When they had the gay panic scene, like I chuckled at it and I was like, that's not right that I's laughing at a gay panic scene. Fucking 2017's ruined this movie for me now. I thought you just- were I-, I agree with you. I thought you were saying that a different way. And like Steve Martin got away with this like any other up-and-coming comedian tried to do like some of these Steve Martin jokes, it would just be like cringeworthy. It'd be like, oh man, that's pretty, pretty corny and lame. But I mean, I love Steve Martin. He's like way up. Oh yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I love. Oh, one of my questions is, or one of my notes that I wanted to bring up later, but fuck it, let's just bring it up now. Is who do you guys think would be like the Steve Martin of like the latest up-and-coming generation of comedians? Ooh. My gut says Will Ferrell. No, he's, uh, he's not up and coming anymore. Oh, uh, like I said like my generation, though. My generation, though. Sorry. Yeah, but don't you – I don't know because Steve Martin, I I don't think of – like I would think there was a time and place when Ben Stiller was Steve Martin when he was doing like a lot oh. of poly, duplex, yes. meet the Fockers. It was always that – everything's going wrong for this man and he's freaking out. Like your father of the bride and Steve Martin, that mm-hmm. character is the same as all those Ben Stiller characters, which I don't like. Well, I like father of the bride. I don't like those Ben Stiller movies at all. I hate when Ben Stiller plays the straight man. Yeah. But we'll talk about I, I think, I, th- I think in order to get a full grasp on it, you have to see what he's done or see it after the fact, because Steve Martin at the time was great. Steve Martin, Steve Martin now he is a god of comedy because he's he's transcended everything. Every, everyone follows what he does. His book on comedy is like must-read material for anyone who wants to get into comedy. So that's why, that's why I said Will Ferrell because I think he changed the comedy game too. But 
up and coming. I think more. I think I think for up and coming is kind of tough because you have to see their kind of impact they have. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, all right. I, I agree with you about Farrell changing like the comedy scene. I just I, when I was saying that before, I was thinking more in his wacky, corny type of humor way that works so well for Steve Martin. But I agree with Jimmy. Ten people attempting it couldn't pull it off. No, and I, I think my roundabout way of, of saying talking about Will Farrell was just really me saying. I don't know of anyone. So Fair. I'm changing, changing your question to better suit my needs. <laughs> Fair. Fair. All right. Well, now that we've already gotten sidetracked five minutes into this, <laughs> let me get us back on, on track. Let's hop into our deep dive. Let's start off with our favorites. Jimmy, what were your favorites from this? It was your first time watching it all the way through. So the answer better be the entire movie. Uh, no. Um... This is kind of tough. My my the whole time I was like my I this is a weird answer, but I was thinking how much fun this must have been to write. Like John Hughes wrote this in three days, and it was basically let's list every single thing that can happen terrible while traveling, with every venue of traveling, and like string it together in one plot. And I was just thinking that it had to be like hilarious in the writers' room to be like, and then this is gonna happen. It's funny watching it, but I probably was a riot when he was coming up with those in his brain. And it, that's a weird way to process a movie, but that's what I was thinking the entire time. So just the concept, I guess. This is a, what you would call a concept movie. So the concept of it alone is pretty good. And then I really liked uh, they brought it home with a touching ending, which is like the last two minutes. Mm -hmm. They really made oh, yeah. it touching. John Hughes usually uh, it usually is like you know the last 25% or there's some touching moments like there were there are hints and shit for sure to know that his wife was dead like i figured that out way earlier it's not supposed to be a surprise or anything but you piece it together sure yeah i, I like the touching ending and it, it was really last second i was like oh is this gonna happen yeah. so to sidetrack us some more question how soon after the end of the movie do you think dell killed himself i think it's gonna <laughs> be like 30 minutes no no week maybe no you think he lasted a whole week? No way. No, this dude is—he he is a seasoned veteran of being homeless. I mean, look at him; he's, he looked great know, for being homeless. He, but that, yes, he—he he was doing great homeless, and then he's brought into this house and sees this man who has a home, has a loving family, and they're all just staring at this fat intruder who walked in. That man's gonna cry himself to sleep and then slit his throat the next day. Yeah, no, he's not. I no, Del Del's a strong individual. He's—he likes him. Remember that. His yeah, wife his liked wife him. Liked, yeah, until she died. That probably mm -hmm. killed her. Liking he was him. the biggest pain in the butt that ever came down the pike. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I, I I thought you were going somewhere different with that, and I was about to jump all over it because I thought you agreed with me. Just watching it now with a critical eye, what the fuck is How long is he going to stay with him for? Because it's like, he'd be like, all right, Dale, go be homeless somewhere else. <laughs> Bye. No, you can't do that. I know. They they adopted this man or he kills himself. Those are the only two options. No, yeah, what, happens is, is, what happens is like his wife has to really take on Dell as a project and she's gotta like him more than what was Steve Martin's character's name? Steve. Fuck, um, I don't know. 
whatever. She's got to like Neil, him. Neil, Neil, Neil Page. She's got to like him more than Neil and like set him up. Like she's like, Neil's going to go back to working at his miserable job and his wife is going to be taking uh, Nell all around to like the apartments in town and shit. Mm-hmm. And like, it's her hobby to set him up. And that's the only way this continues happily. No, no, no. They, they make a sequel called The Homeless Housekeeper. <laughs> oh, yeah. Basically, made for the 80s. basically, he becomes Uncle Buck to, uh, yes. to his <laughs> Yes. Yes. All right. Now I'm all in on it. Like, love that roundabout way. This okay. is just an elaborate prequel to Uncle Buck. Yeah. I love it. I love it a lot. All right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it back to favorites because, I mean, I'm disappointed you, but there's one scene that's, that's a top-notch above everything else, and that's the, the scene I tweeted out, the, the car rental scene. Yes. That one, every time I see it, I rewind and rewatch it maybe three times. It's Steve so Martin is so good. It's so, it's so, like, pure. Like, I, I, my hate is, is it's not full of heart. It's made of it. My, my, Jesus Christ. <laughs> my heart is... It's, my heart is not filled with hate, it's made of hate. And this one was like, just like, have you ever had a problem at, the, at a car uh, counter? There's nothing more infuriating and that's just embodied everything. Like, fuck you, fuck them. You left me in the middle of fucking nowhere, keys, keys to a fucking car that wasn't fucking there. Love it. All I could think when I was watching that scene was the amount of tweets I've read from you dealing with the DMV up in Connecticut. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was, I was and then, dying and the, lady, laughing, the lady at the end looking at you in the eye and says, you're fucked. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I got every time I went there. It was perfect casting to put her alongside that. Like, yeah, What's her name? Edie, Edie McClurg, is that actress's name? She's is it? I, name. She just I, thought, I, thought she like, I thought she was like counter lady number one. Might be Eddie. No, she was She was in a lot of shit. Back She's in a few things. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, didn't recognize her. Sorry. She was in Ferris Bueller. Really? Yeah. Yes. I'm very. She's I'm very the um so. the principal's like assistant. Yeah. That like okay. chases him around. I feel like okay. she was a big kind of. She was probably a character actress at the time, but she was in a lot of stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, noted. She did a fantastic job here. Right. Uh, well, that was going to be my favorite, favorite scene I brought. I was going to bring up that scene, too, just because I love it so much. But so, I'll pull so on ball and go with the um, the scene when they're actually bonding, when they're getting drunk in the hotel room. I really like that one. It's it's a heartwarming scene. It's less funny, but I cracked I, up. But it also had a, another problematic joke when he was making fun of the Jamaicans and their accent. Cool was running. Before after cool running? Before. Yes. Before? Oh, no. wasn't it? I yeah, thought this was after. I thought oh, it was uh, a reference. Like ten years before. Yeah, way before. Oh, fuck. That's what I know. Probably eight, seven years before. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that scene because it made, it showed Dell like with his guard down. Yeah, up until that point, he was just Dell, the the happy-go-lucky guy with his guard up. He was like, "Oh, I'm having a great life." But then, like, it became apparent that the dude's homeless. He's poor. He's broke, and it was the real him. And it was awesome. He's a great guy. I, yeah. I like that scene because just like the silly turn of phrase um, to make like things more interesting or funny when he's like, have you been to Italy yet? Have you been to Mexico? <laughs> it, it, talking about like what drinks have you tried? It's such like, it's, it's little, but it's just like, that's what funny people do. They just turn the most basic question into some sort of like funny riddle. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Was, and I'm sure that was just them sitting there improving, fucking around. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Any other favorite scenes you guys want to discuss? My, my first, like, it wasn't a huge laugh, but it was like an ongoing giggle when um, Nell, for the first time, is like, I even let you pay for it so you wouldn't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I giggled, and then it was like a growing giggle. Like that's, a, <laughs> that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, so I came some, to the real. I want to say some of my favorite things. You know me with old movies. I yeah. love the details. Oh boy, the details. The everything like the little Dorito bag. Remember those growing up, like the the white and orange Dorito bags. Oh, yeah. I missed those. Um, the, the 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 way they dressed. Like I still remember, like my dad. My dad's a mechanic, mm-hmm. so he didn't get dressed up that often. But he did one day a year, probably sometime, and he had the big wide ties with the paisley shit all over it, and they all had like the really like rough fabrics, nothing smooth. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's just love, it, love it, the old. It's time. a very nostalgic movie for me, but also mm-hmm. like this helped me. This movie made me realize just how much I love movies set in the snow because it happened with the snowman and murder on the Orient Express. This was a very cozy movie. I'd like to cut up with the girl, throw this on, have a little Afghan, make some like hot tea or some hot chocolate, and enjoy a nice relaxing night. I'm I'm with you. I think it might be because we're in December. Like I don't know, how to throw, yeah. but movies in the snow will uh, are like near and dear to my heart. And I didn't realize this until like we're just saying it now. And because we would start with Snowman and Murder, yeah. and I just like put, put me in the <laughs> like stuff. it just it brings and, a smile to my face watching these. Yeah, I'm a big fan. So yeah, I, I agree with that. That's a good. They had to like work really hard to find snow. I was reading about the making of this. Oh, really? Yeah, they went well, to like a million different places, and the snow would melt whenever they got there. That sucks. <laughs> That's tough. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to discount it at all, but I mean, sure, you guys like the snow, whatever. But whenever I saw the snow in this movie, I didn't feel cozy at all. It just felt like I, what, it's actually what I loved about it. They made it feel because they, they didn't have the white fluffy snow. They had the, the dirty, shitty, salt-ridden, sand-ridden sludge, sludge <laughs> crap that you see. That's real snow. Not the fairy tale yeah. shit that you saw in the snowman. That's real snow when it's like you got gravel in it and you fall down and you're getting scraped up. It's not so fun anymore. Chunks of ice everywhere. Love it. It's real. But I think I, think I love that. I hate that snow, by the way. I think I love that because it reminds me when I was a little kid and would play in the snow and it's fun for the first five minutes and by the end of it you're miserable. But what there's something comfort. Well, I also lived in Chicago for ten years. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, but there's something like comforting about those memories of it wasn't fun in the moment, but I look back on it fondly. True. I, I like snow. Like I said, I played hockey. I like winter. Yeah, no, winter's my favorite season. It's just it can. I, I just hate when people try to make it so fluffy and pure. It's it's it gets real dirty real quick. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, it gets nasty. But you were saying about the first. Like, the, the first fall is great. I'll admit that when yeah. it first falls and it is pretty. Ooh, no, nothing better. The last six to, hours max. To touch on the Doritos, the old Doritos, and just the olden times and the way they dress and shit. Steve Martin's outfit. I was like, man, look what he's wearing as like a with the hat, the hat and the, the coat. Shit's like he looks like he's from the 1960s. Then I realized, well, 1987 is closer to 1967 than it is to 2017. Oh, fuck me. Wow. Isn't that weird? We're further away from this than in the 1960s. That's why, like, the cop cars, the cars, like, in my brain, I wasn't alive for the 60s. I was like, this kind of looks like the 60s to me. Wow. That's right. Good point. Yeah. Oh, fuck. 
That just blew my mind. Also, like carrying around cash, he's like, I had seven hundred dollars in my yes. wallet. Yo, Was he a someone, drug dealer? If I went to the ATM and put $700 in my wallet, the only place I would ever fucking go is inside the bank to make sure I didn't have to walk around with $700 in my wallet. That is anxiety. That's scary as hell. Absolutely. I, I made a note being like, who the fuck carries that much cash? And then it kind of hit me. I was like, oh, I guess it was a different time. Not everyone accepted credit cards. You kind of needed to have cash on you. And another point made is later on when they got the rob, they were like, well, I got I – got, one credit card, and then I got a diner's club and a gas card. No one had credit cards, apparently. Yeah, that wasn't just standard. Like every, every like today, everyone has like three credit cards, debit card. You know, they have cards. Apparently, that wasn't a thing. He had he had to have his like his safety deposit box and then his wallet. That's the only two places he had his money. <laughs> Weird. What I'm gonna do something in the background here, but I'm gonna see how much nine hundred dollars is worth in today's money in 1987. Because that thief just made, like, bank. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a shit ton of money. All right. I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to run a guesstimate. It's going to be, I'm going to say it's $2,300. $2,300. I'm going to go 2700 900 in 1987 uh, with $1,927. Fuck up, Bara. Yeah. You were so much closer that, dude that dude robbed him. Those guys were walking around with two grand. Well, <laughs> combined, they had two grand in cash on their person. What fucking nut jobs? I mean, that was the yeah. times. But yeah, Jesus. it's the times. You just got to be a big baller. That's incredible. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other favorite things before we move on to what we didn't like about the movie? No, I'll, I'll start with the didn't like because I have one that I, is pressing. Okay. Lead it away. The And this is uh, a product of the times. But not really, because no other John Hughes movie I can think does this. But that's stupid montage when they go through the trucks and they turn to skulls and then he's in a <laughs> devil outfit. Might get cheap. Like, Sheehan, you may have watched this as a little kid and you laughed from that. So you still laugh because, like, you have memories of it. But that was, like, come on, guys. John Hughes, don't put this in your movie. Don't do that. That was terrible. Uh, I, I can't be unbiased about it, so I'll let you have it. I thought it was – I chuckled again when I watched it. I was like, oh, yeah, this scene's in it. It's totally different from the entire movie. No, no, I, oh, no I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Sorry, you broke up a little bit. I was trying to piece together in brain what you were saying. Um, I'm with you. It, it, was, it, was, it was weird. It was didn't go. Yeah, yeah it didn't go. Yeah. I didn't, was I, didn't, I didn't hate it per se, but it wasn't – Good. I mean, it's my one complaint from a very good movie. It's like yeah. it just completely didn't go. It was like uh, you just wanted to test out some special effects. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think the reason I actually don't hate that scene or didn't not like it was probably because first time I saw this, I was way too young, and it's very much something I could see popping up in a kids' movie more. It was yep. just wacky is the best word I think I can – the best way to describe it. And I like wacky shit as a kid who doesn't. So because that's when I saw it, my brain still goes there when I see it. And I take back what I just said earlier. John Hughes has done this before. In Home Alone, when they like mm. they turn to fire or whatever, he turns Marv, Marv turns into a skeleton. So maybe that's like a staple of his. So if, if it's in more than two movies, I'll allow it. If it's just those two, take it out of right. Transplant. It was like his little, it, it was his guilty pleasure. He always stuck in every movie, yeah. apparently. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I was also reading just a little side thing. The first draft of this was Nell, John Candy was a vampire who needed to be invited to Steve Martin's house to like do vampire shit because vampires can only go where they are invited. And it didn't get written out and become a wholesome family movie until they were on set and he saw the, or they were like doing pre-production and he saw the chemistry between Martin and uh, Candy. Isn't that ridiculous? That's amazing. And I want to see that cut of this movie. No, I'm glad it didn't. That they sounds like shot it. Thank God. That, that sounds how, like something I would, I would watch. I mean, I'd, I'd probably hate it, but how great would it be to like that last scene where you're seeing Dell's face and just like his fangs start growing down or something? That would be amazing. <laughs> Big reveal. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I I, that, I, I'll be honest. I, I hope I don't like how you just told me that. That, that feels weird. It makes me feel very weird about the whole thing now. That's, yeah, I did too. I was like, wait, what? That doesn't make any know. sense. That's yeah. incredible. I, I got a dislike that is okay. much more rigged back to the movie and not like ruining things for me, Jimmy. <laughs> um, when he got out of the shower and he was like, oh my God, look at this mess. Dude, the mess was there when you walked in the shower. Yes. that That's bullshit. Like, how do you right. not see that? Did he come in when I'm he blanking. was in the shower and wreck it? What did you say? I'm blanking. Remind what happened. When he he was he was walking the shower thing and like the the water went off and he the, the, the whole thing. He opens yeah. up the shower curtain and it's a disaster. Like the, the all the towels that used, there's shit all the floor. It's like disgusting. Oh yeah yeah. Only he only has the one towel left. Yeah he he you know that when you walk into the bathroom because it's not like John Candy's in there with him getting naked. It's, I mean I don't think so. Judging by how they acted beforehand, probably sure. not. <laughs> But no, like that's that that was like a, a movie thing where they kind of like all right we'll just pretend the audience is stupid and we'll just do this big reveal. Yeah, uh, just going off of that too. It was a couple scenes later when they woke up in the morning and he went to go wash his face and use the underwear. Yep, no that was one. another time. I was I was just like, you don't see there's a giant fucking pair of underwear. Like I've never been that tired or that hungover or anything in my life where I would hey. accidentally rub someone's underwear on my face. And who dries their socks in the sink? Who's washing their socks? Well, a guy, yeah, who, this... a guy who doesn't have a home and lives at a hotel well, for the next eight years or whatever. Very valid. And by the explain way, why his feet smell. By the way, how the hell do you, a homeless man, live in hotels for eight years? That's expensive. And be that fat still. Right. It's a lot Lots of, of problems. We're poking a lot of holes in this movie, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, by the time we're done, we're, we're bringing it down. <laughs> um, okay, so I yes, he's homeless, but do you think he doesn't actually sell shower curtains? Then I felt like he still had money. No, I think oh, he, he sells, sells shower curtains. He's a traveling okay. salesman. Right, well, yeah, that's how he affords to be in hotels. Yeah, but you were just like, how does he afford to be in hotels? No, yeah, you're right. Working. That's true. Very true. All right. For a second, I was like, wait, did he fake that whole thing? And I never picked that up till now. I do love I, that salesman job. I mean, you go to the Midwest, you can sell anything because they're all idiots. Hey, here's, the Darryl, here's the Daryl Strawberry autographed ring. It's not, not really autographed, it's a replica. Those are filled with helium. Fuck you. Helium. I got, a, this whole light. I got a free shot from faking an autograph once. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Where I had a World Baseball Classic Derek Jeter jersey I got from Goodwill. 
I stole it from Goodwill, actually. I just put it on and walked out because they wanted $25 from it. And I was like, yo, you're Goodwill. You're a scumbag. You stole, you stole from Goodwill? Yeah, you it's very scummy. It's, it's very scummy. I was 19 years old in college. Uh, so. That's prior to 20, you're fine. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I faked a Derek Jeter signature on the back and wore it to the bar. And this guy was like, holy shit. And I was like, yeah, that's him. And then he bought me a, a, a couple shots. That's so cool. Dumb man. <laughs> so, so he just he just got some shots. Did you give him the jersey? No way. I still have it. I think. Oh my god! What a fucking idiot! <laughs> I, thought, I thought you traded the jersey for two shots. I'm like, well, you're an idiot. He now, just he, no, he's he just, a loser. He just thought I was cool because I got a Derek Jeter <laughs> signature like autograph. What a loser! Big time. Big time loser. What an idiot! Jesus. Very Christ. hard to be a bigger loser than the kid. Wearing a fake Derek Jeter autographed jersey at the bar, but that kid did it because he was impressed by it. Yeah, I just kind of glanced at the fact that you were just completely like ridiculous in that one. Who I think it was, I think it was Halloween. I just wore that. I was Jeter. Okay. I I'm I'm so at a loss for words right now. <laughs> like, that's, that's a great story. That's incredible. I'm found, I'm glad you found the bigger loser than you. Yeah. You are the Del Griffith of, of World Baseball Classic jerseys. Legit. <laughs> I wonder where that is. Hmm. You better All wear right. it next week's episode. All right. Any other dislikes, you guys? Uh, no? you, he, yelled, really? he yelled at the dog. Well, the dog was being a dick. The dog was a sweetheart. That was his home, and he sat in his home. That dog could get kicked. You're you're a cat person, I could tell. No, I like dogs. You've seen the dog run around in here before. I see a cat behind you too, imposter. Yeah, I have a cat and a dog. You fuck. <laughs> I'm not I, fond of either, really. If that makes it any better. Shut up, Gary. <laughs> hey, it's El Gary. It's El oh. a giant Gary staring at me. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's go into uh, our. Want, want the ratings? Well, no, we still got a couple of things first. Slow your roll. Oh, sorry, guys. The writer's room. Would you guys change anything about this if you were making it today? Not a thing. It's a masterpiece for a reason. Well, let's. Uh, what are some new inconveniences that that weren't part of 1987 traveling, but could be part of it now? Like Ooh. you get in, um, an, you get in an an Uber. Who? What do Ubers do that really suck? Or <laughs> no, we, we can't get that dark. It has to be like, like inconvenience, not like horrifyingly masochist. Fair, fair. Um, um they don't have your phone's dead, and they don't have a power cord. That's one. Yeah, a dead phone. The surcharge is like twenty times because oh, it's Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's see. Wow. I mean. Why we're not I mean, comedy writers? <laughs> all the well, I mean, they do most of them, but all the like extra, all the extra costs at like traveling now, like okay, buy your ticket, mm -hmm. fifty dollars for a bag, fifty dollars for exit row, like all that upselling oh, they do, that, oh, like know. forced upselling. I, I know. You know how at the, at when he he gets oh, yeah. onto the plane and he thought he had first class. Yeah. Before Ooh, that. Would that Oh, yeah. he, he he's in um he's he's part of uh boarding group A, but they take the veterans on first, then the handicaps, and then the people traveling with children, 
and then the gold star members and then gold star plus and the silver members. So he ends up being like one of the last people on the plane. Has it ever happened to you? It happens yeah, to me no, all the time. That, that happened I to me like yesterday I'm when I was flying back. Yeah, I'm, I'm in boarding group A. I'm the 52nd person on, on the plane. Yeah, that, that, that would have been great if it was, and they would have had him on like a Spirit Airlines or something where it's just first come, first serve. And he was like, oh, I'm A1. Mm-hmm. I'll be able to get on and get my seat. And then he's like the 50th person has to sit in the back. Oh, yeah, and he's flying out of Seattle, and he gets bumped by 17 people wearing Russell Wilson jerseys. He's the stupidest fucking thing in the world. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else you guys would change? Hmm. I would just kind of make sure it ends on a note with. Oh, I know. When he's the the final ride, he's in the back of a dairy farm truck, the fr- the freezer truck. Mm-hmm. Hit a bump and have some some milk fall on him. That'd be hilarious. I think that just would have been like salt in the wound at that point. I know. I'm just saying, make it make it a little bit, little, one less jab before he gets home because he was home free. We knew it. It's like no, 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 not home yet. All right. Well, if we don't have anything else, let's go into our free for all because I just also want to bring up ditch Dell's ass so quick. Mm. The amount of patience Steve Martin's character had. I like after the second thing, I would have been like, I I hate people and I'm not dealing with this situation. Yes, there you go. You're right. If we were re- if actually if we were changing like to the 2017 movie, this movie wouldn't happen because who wants to Head fucking on. talk to somebody? Yeah, no, that. Yeah, well, you no, just I throw your headphones on and they get the hint. Exactly. Yeah. I would much rather sleep in a ditch than go go to some random hotel with some random person I just met. Oh, I know. That's how you get killed and your kidney stolen. Headphones and smartphones cancel out this entire premise. Yep. You're right. Yeah. Too when uh when they were waiting on their flight and it to see if it was delayed or canceled when they were grounded and nobody had headphones in, they were all reading magazines or talking to each other. I was sitting there thinking, I can't remember the last time I saw that many strangers talking to each other for anything. Hasn't happened in 30 years. (laughs) Fuck. There goes people's social skills. (laughs) (laughs) I'll talk when I want to talk. any, Any other things before we hop into ratings? Now let's get into it. All right, those listening at home, we know we rate things on a three-pronged scale. We do our popcorn, which is our entertainment, how, how much we enjoyed it, would we rewatch it, and then our critical scale, which is looking at through the lens of a reviewer, and then our pairing, what are we going to drink if we do rewatch this? Sheehan, what do you got for popcorn? Do your popcorns first. Yeah, let's yeah, just do I'm, popcorn. I'm switching first. up. I'm going rogue. We okay. all just five. Five. Hundred percent five. Yeah, five. Easy. Center, center, very entertaining. Five. Unanimous five. That's the first. Yes. That's the whole reason <laughs> why we're all on the same page. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Um, critical, crit- I guess. She and you can go. Good talk. Okay. Uh, critically, uh, I would give it eighty-three. Eighty-three, because it got holes. It's not not perfect by any means, but. He's got a lot of good redeeming qualities. The fact that they made Dell at the end so like lovable, and it was a good, nice, homey feeling at the end. It was 
wrapped it up perfectly. It had had a good balance of of uh, slapstick comedy and feely moments. Okay. What movie? What movies do you know of where you can have a homeless man being welcomed to a home with open arms on Thanksgiving, and just forty five minutes earlier, a guy being picked up off the road by his nutsack? Doesn't happen often. So yeah, and for people that are listening for the first time, <clears throat> our critical ratings are like: is this an award winning movie? It's not because that may seem low. If you're listening, like 83, but that's probably the highest critical rating for a movie that isn't trying to win Best Picture we've given, right? Yeah, no, yeah, I, I'm being, I, oh, I'm, sure. I know I'm being generous with it, but I, hey, I can't go much higher than that. I, I, I'm going 80, okay. but I just want to. If, if people were listening for the first time, they'd probably be like, "What the fuck? That's pretty low." And it's like, well, yeah, this, we're, we're not judging it on what it's trying to be. We're just judging it on if it's actually like it is what it is. Sound critically great movie. It's mm-hmm. a fun, awesome, it, uh, hilarious adventure. So I'm going 80, you and 83. We're in the same ballpark. Uh, yeah, cool. I I mean, I wrote mine down earlier, and I, I went 81. So hey, we're all on, on about the same page. I think it's the us. first time for any of our movies, besides maybe Mother, because we all fucking hated that, <laughs> that we were on the same page. Yep. I'm proud of us. It only took three months, guys, but we did it, fam. We're evolving. All right, now on to our pairings. If I'm going to watch this again, I think I'm going to get one of those mini bottles of tequila from like a mini bar, mm-hmm. crack open a few of those, and, and watch this movie. What about you guys? Uh, Jimmy, you go first. I just – I wanted something – ah, shit. I wanted something Christmassy, but now I'm realizing this is just a Thanksgiving movie, but the snow on the ground. So I wanted something like peppermint, even though I don't even like peppermint. But I don't like peppermint schnapps, so I was going to just, I don't know, vodka and some candy canes dumped in. Dumped in. Excellent choice. What's, okay. what's, a, what's a peppermint drink besides? Uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, um, was that shot where they put peppermint, uh, peppermint patty shot? Rup, yeah, the rumplemint ones where it's the peppermint liquor with chocolate syrup. Sure. That sounds disgusting. That's oh, fuck. All right, Shin. All right, what are well, you drinking? There's only one way to watch this movie, and that's you got rent out a cheap motel. You got to put a quarter in the vibrating bed machine, and you got to crack open a six pack of Schlitz, and wait till they explode. <laughs> All, right. All right, sounds good. Yeah, and that wraps up our review of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, the Thanksgiving classic. Maybe next year we'll watch it again and redo it again. I'm watching it again. I know that. <laughs> All right. Let's go into our weekly recommendations. This week, I am recommending Wonder Woman. I finally watched it over <laughs> Thanksgiving break. About time. I will. It was good. I'll admit it's the best DC movie. Better than, better than Justice League, even, for a few people. That just came out now. I don't know when you're listening to this, but that's in theaters. I think Wonder Woman's better. But I will say, I think... It's overhyped. It's it's the best one. It's a great movie, but I think everyone was just so surprised and so excited that there was finally a DC movie that didn't suck that they oversold it. Fine, but you're a sexist pig. Apparently, but YOLO. Okay. Sheehan, what do you got? Um, I'm going uh, audio this week. You may or, not, may or may not know this. I, I paint a lot now. And you can't really watch anything when you paint. So I um, 
this was on Thanksgiving. Uh, the wife was cooking, uh, making. Uh, she was doing pies and making like mashed potatoes or whatever. I don't know. It was wonderful, whatever it was. And she was listening to Christmas music, and I'm upstairs painting, listening to murder podcasts. That's that's all the different lives we lead. And my favorite murder. My favorite murder. I got into that deep. I love what is that. that. My fir- my favorite murder. It's the name of a podcast. It's two chicks. Yep. I've uh, listened I, to bits and pieces of every episode. For the last three weeks, my girlfriend has, in the, as soon as she wakes up, until she leaves the house, as soon as she gets home and falls asleep, My Favorite Murder is on in the background. I love love those two girls. They're psychotic, but I, they're just like me. I love I love talking about murderers and serial killers and Martha Moxley. I love the, the JonBenet Ramsey. I just love talking about all of it. It's so interesting. Not because My I'm Favorite like, Murders? Yeah. Not, not I'm because I'm right now. Do it. I'm not. I'm not into it because I like. I love people dying or anything, but it's so fascinating what these people can do. And and more than that, though, it gets you prepared because you. The more you listen to it, the more you realize, wow, there are really some sick fucks living in this world. And maybe I should have a baseball bat underneath my bed. Maybe I should lock all the doors. Maybe I shouldn't just think that this is a, a nice, quaint Connecticut town in the middle of nowhere. This that because this is where psycho shit happens. Yep. It's, more, it's an yeah. education, really. You live in a small town. In- you live in a small town in the middle of nowhere. There's at least five serial killers in that town. Probably live next door to one. Serial. Okay. You might live with one if that's your wife Tan- listening to that. Tangent. Serial killer move. You know, called called pre crime. My next door neighbor put up a Christmas lights in his backyard. Is that's that crazy? Can Can you view the backyard from anywhere? I'm the only one who can see his backyard. So wait, wait, wait. He's giving you a private Christmas tree. He's got a fucking Christmas tree on his deck right now, fully lit. He's got all the garland and the lights wrapped around the railing. I'm the only one that can see him. It's crazy. Are you crazy. sure you can't see it from a road? Positive. I live in a cul-de-sac, and he's in like the weird kitty corner where only his backyard is visible by me and another neighbor. Yeah, that's bizarre. <laughs> it's crazy, right? I feel like I should report him. It's really weird. <laughs> Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, it could be like <clears throat> it's really weird in a sense that like this dude just genuinely loves Christmas, <laughs> but there's no lights in the front of his house. What? Wait, wait, wait! He didn't decorate the front wait, of his house. That no. can't be true. No, he, I, I'll okay. take a picture of it. You have to be report this. You next have to week. take a picture. He's yeah. testing out the lights and just left them there. They will be moved next week. If not, Jimmy, that's no. some that's some Jimmy, serious. These are intricately placed properly. Or he gave up, he was like, he did the back first and he's going to do the front, maybe. I could understand if he really loves Christmas. But if he just leaves the back, you need to kill him before he kills you and your wife. I think it's the only choice. Yeah. No no jury in the country would find you guilty. I mean, when we hang up, I hope he's still on. Uh, I'm going to take a video, like, walking from my front yard to my back and I'll show you. Um, if not, I'll do it tomorrow night. Okay. My only the only saving grace is maybe he decorated his deck first and he's working in the front like tomorrow or the next weekend, maybe. But it's I crazy. Like, I like Christmas enough to where if you told me like I live somewhere so remote but no one ever saw my house ever, I'd still light it for me, you know. Um just sure. to come home just to come home to or see sometimes. But to do the backyard <laughs> <laughs> It's so <laughs> just the backyard too. That is uh that's that's I don't know. Special. Like yeah.
That's incredible. All right, Audrey, what's your recommendation? Uh, so like I said, I'm still going on strong on Deadwood, but uh, I won't say that again. I watched, uh, but watch Deadwood. I watched Jim and Andy, the documentary on Netflix. Uh, have you guys seen Man on the Moon when Jim Carrey plays mm -hmm. Andy no. uh, Kaufman? Yeah. Uh, well, watch that movie or just research Andy Kaufman in general, but you don't need to watch those or no. You can get it all from this documentary. It is fascinating. Like, I hate method actors, but what Jim Carrey did to make that movie is scary. My girlfriend really? is scared for him. He, he didn't – he wasn't Jim. So they shot a documentary of the making of that movie, and they put the tapes away for 20 years because NBC or uh, Universal, whatever studio he was contracted with, was like, we don't want people to see this because we don't want the general public to think you're an asshole because you're our mm. biggest money maker right now. So it's been 20 years. The tapes have been in a vault. They just got them out. They watched them all, this crew, put it together, and then interviewed Jim Carrey now about it. <clears throat> and he's talking like, so 20 years ago, he was playing Andy Kaufman. And he's, instead of referencing like me as Andy, he's like, yeah, so Andy was doing that scene. And then like Andy Kaufman had different characters, one named Tony Clifton, and he just wouldn't break. And he would just transform into them for the full day. Bizarre shit. Andy Kaufman's daughter, who never met her dad in real life, came and met with Jim Carrey, but he was Andy Kaufman because he was like method acting and he's like blacked out through the whole, doesn't even really remember it. And he's just rep, like, it's like Andy reincarnated so much that his daughter came. It's fucking weird, guys. It's so it's interesting. Netflix? Yeah, Netflix documentary. They did it. It's like an hour wow. or something long. It's not that long. Or maybe it's two hours long. I don't know. But it is It is worth it. It's, is, it's is, it, is, it, is there discernible, like, like from Jim Carrey before Man of the Moon and Jim Carrey after? Is that where he went crazy? Because he, he didn't go crazy somewhere along the lines. He talks about it, man. And, like, it's half crazy and I half, like, it. I, I get it. And he just, he, yeah, he talks about and like when he's Tony Clifton, Tony Clifton was a character Andy Kaufman did that just shit talked everyone. He wasn't funny. He, he wasn't nice. He, he was mm -hmm. just a, an asshole. And like people didn't understand the bit then and now either. But Jim Carrey became Tony Clifton and he was on set just being fucking an asshole to everyone. Like Danny DeVito's there, Paul Giamatti's there. They're all like in the background, like, yo, this is wild. Uh, Damn. And, and, um, Tony Clifton just shit talks Jim Carrey, but it's Jim Carrey, but he's Tony Clifton and he's like fucking, he smiles all the time, but he's, he's fucking miserable. He's depressed. He just smiles for the cameras. And it was like, and the documentary crew is like, is there any truth to what Tony Clifton was saying about you? He's like, yeah. So yeah, I think it was like he had his major run where he would did like Truman show, uh, mask, Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura, Ace liar, Ventura. Liar. And then he did uh, this one, and he kind of lost Damn. himself. He's, he's, he's a bizarre dude. He's, like, it's, like, half of it's crazy. And then some, like, a couple of it, I'm like, I get it, but you're crazy. Wow. All right. Oh, fuck. That sounds well, awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, right. It came out, like, last week. It's new. We'll check it out, then, All for right. sure. Um, I'll, yeah, give it a watch uh, probably this weekend when I have free time. Bizarre. Nice. All right. Well, all right. That wraps up this 
episode of Six Pack Cinema. Tune in next week. They want to hit a Thanksgiving song. All right. All right. This is uh, this is a Thanksgiving song. I hope you enjoy it. Love to eat turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Love to eat turkey. I love you. Love to eat turkey, cause it's good. Love to eat turkey like a good boy should, cause it's turkey to eat. So good. That clapping's messing my head up, man. I appreciate it, but I was, was trying to think of the next line. I'm like, all I hear is clapping. <laughs> Here we go. Thanks anyways. <laughs> turkey for me, turkey for you. Let's eat the turkey in my big brown shoe. Love to eat the turkey at the table. I once saw a movie with Betty Grable Eat that turkey all night long 50 million Elvis fans can't be wrong Turkey lurky do and turkey lurky dap I eat that turkey then I take a nap Strawberry <laughs> Turkey for you and turkey for me Can't believe Tyson gave that girl BD <laughs> White meat, dark meat, you just can't lose I fell off my moped and I got a bruise Turkey in the oven and the buns in the toaster I'll never take down my Cheryl Teague's poster. <laughs> Wrap the turkey up in aluminum foil. My brother likes to masturbate with baby oil. <laughs> turkey and sweet potato pie. Sammy Davis Jr. only had one eye. Oh, turkey for the girls and turkey for the boys My favorite kind of pants are corduroys Gobble, gobble, goo and gobble, gobble, giggle I wish turkey only cost a nickel Oh, I love turkey on Thanksgiving Happy Thanksgiving, everybody! Yeah.